Oh, there we go. There's some audio. What's going on, everybody? What's happening? It's your boy Scott here, live on this beautiful Sunday evening here in the Pacific Northwest <laughs> for a short little more period of time here. Uh, as many of you know, I am actually, these are my last few days here in the beautiful state of Oregon. And uh, yeah, man, we got a bunch of adventures on the horizon and I'm super excited about it. I'll give you guys a little bit of an update here. We got a fun show for you tonight. I got a good hour. Uh, before I got to cut out of here for sure. But uh, thank you. If you guys are listening to this sometime in the future, you got to be in the Telegram channel, t.me forward slash rebunked pod, and you'll get all the drops on uh, when when the live streams are going to be. Because, you know, at this point, eventually I'm going to get to a point where I will be doing a more regularly scheduled something that you can plan on. And ideally probably won't be this time on Sunday afternoons because usually I am watching uh, Grand Theft World right now. <laughs> Shout out to Richard Grove and Tony and LD and all the crew over at uh, Grand Theft World on uh, Rockfin. They do amazing work. And uh, yeah, I don't want to cut up. I don't want to step on their toes here. But this is about the only sliver of time I've been able to cut out to come and join you guys. So, man, it's been a crazy week, you know, both in the world, in my life. I know a lot of people uh, in my surroundings have been having ups, having downs, but uh, a lot of ups, though. You know, I know a lot of people are having ups, which is a really good thing. You know, there's a lot of positivity on the horizon, and I think that there's a lot of cool stuff. We're also going to be taking your calls, folks. So, again, this is one of those things that I need your help and your participation on in order to make this a kick-ass episode, right? Last time I did this, we had one caller. Uh, I believe his name was Tom, I believe. Sorry if I forgot the name, but uh, from Portland. So, you guys, open phone lines, and I'll give out the phone number as soon as we kind of get the kid cranking here. I know I'd hopped on a little bit early. I was kind of pushing it as 5 o'clock, so we'll see if anybody trickles in. Who knows what will happen. But uh, anyway, yeah, so I guess I'll just give you a, a couple announcements up front. So, first big announcement, and this is super exciting, something I'm uh, very, very grateful and, and thankful for. But uh, there's a company in Portland, Beaverton technically, called Big Frog t-shirts printing and they have done just an amazing job getting me all situated with a new t-shirt store and i just want to build a little bit of excitement it's not quite ready to roll quite yet i got a little bit of work to do on my end i want to make some graphics and promotional materials to officially roll it out but man i can't tell you how amazing these folks have been um listeners behind the scene shout out ryan dude like thank you so much for everything that you've done to make this uh possible basically reached out to me and said hey look man like i, I have a company i have a business a local business and we make shirts and we want to help you out and i'll tell you what they helped me out like i submitted some design ideas some ideas i had for shirts and they took them gave them to their design team and the design team designed the shirts they built me a website and they said, here you go, man. And uh, my job is really just to promote it. That's it. So it's a win, win, win for everybody. These are awesome shirts and I can't wait for you guys to see them this week. I'm committed this week before I leave. Uh, I'm going to get that all rolled out. So you're going to have a brand new line of rebunk shirts. You know, uh, I think, you know, around here, we're kind of known for our shirts, right? Those uh, freaking, uh, those Truezilla shirts are pretty epic. I know a lot of you out there uh, still wear them very proudly. Yeah, see, I just got a notification the Grand Theft World has just gone live. So uh, I'm stepping on their toes, but you know, it's whatever. This episode will live in posterity. So, you know, it is what it is. So uh, let's see. All right. So, yeah. So, guys, keep an eye on the website. I'm obviously going to be shouting this out and promoting in it, promoting it quite a bit as we move forward. But keep an eye on the website, rebunk.news, for the T-shirt drop. And I'm super excited about that, you guys. So, all right. What else we got? All right. So, anyway, I'll just touch briefly on uh, kind of my move here. For those that may be interested, because I know, you know, a lot of people are, uh, it's kind of in everybody's collective conscious right now. Like people are uh, 
kind of pondering, like looking at where they're at in their lives and like, gosh, like, am I really where I'm supposed to be right now? And I feel it. I feel like I've had so many different people reach out to me, whether just commenting on a post or contacting me directly, voicing that exact, you know, thought, you know, like, like, am I really where I'm supposed to be? And it's surprising too, because I hear a lot of people writing to me or responding to me from states that I would picture as like a free state, like Arizona, Texas, North Dakota, I believe there was somebody from North Dakota, but places that like, you know, a lot of people are moving to. And I've been hearing a lot of feedback from folks that are in those states saying like, yeah, I'm thinking of moving to this state. So I don't think it's exclusive to people who are living under, you know, just living in, in low vibrational areas. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, like Oregon, California, like those are kind of New York. Those are kind of the big textbook. Um, everybody, everybody's leaving those states. But when you, when you get, when you hear from somebody from, from like Texas, who's looking at relocating, I'm like, oh, that's interesting. So that just kind of tells me that like, it's not just necessarily a reflection of the the atrocities that are happening everywhere in the place that you live. It's more like people are just collectively looking at their lives and being like, am I really where I belong? You know? And I mean, that speaks a lot to just this whole last couple of years in general, you know, it's mobilized a lot of us. A lot of us have decided to take action and do different things and, and realize that, you know, it became very apparent very quickly, like the things that are actually important in our lives like all that extra crap that was cluttering our lives. And that may even go so far to be some of the people in our lives that I'm not going to go call them crap, but you know, maybe some of you may have a different <laughs> uh, perspective, but you know, it doesn't, it's not useful to call them crap human beings, you know, as much as they act crappy. But at the same time, we realize that maybe that we don't have room in our lives for those people anymore. You know, maybe this has been the biggest blessing ever because it forced us to get out of our comfort zone. You know, that's, that's one of the things that, for me has been a huge thing, you know, like with my background, my history, like being in recovery with addiction, man, like being out, I was like living on the streets for a while, like being outside of my comfort zone is something that I'm well adapted to. You know, I feel like that's an extremely valuable skill that right there is whatever the case may be being comfortable, being outside of your comfort zone like this right now, spitting into a microphone, like talking into the universe and who knows if there's even anybody out there listening. Like, I don't know. I don't know, but it's, there's a little bit of fear that you get a little, uh, you get a little nervous about this sort of stuff, but you know, it's like getting comfortable being uncomfortable will serve you so much in the long run. It's such a, it's such a great place to be. And, and you start to gravitate towards situations and people that challenge you and push you past your limits. You know, it's been my experience. It's really been my experience and, uh, seeking out opportunities you know, having like assertive conversations, whereas before I would maybe, you know, like rolled over or let that person walk all over me or, you know what I mean? Like, no, we're going to have, we're going to have a conversation and it's not from an, an, like an aggressive place. It's like, I'm going to assert myself in a non-confrontational, non-confrontational, non-violent way. And usually from my experience, people, both parties walk away from that encounter, you know, with a heightened level of mutual respect for each other. You know what I mean? And so it's not, not exclusive to, uh, to just like being in, in crazy situations, but yeah, being pushed past our, yeah, my roommate's playing with his, uh, he's got the, he got these little like, uh, meditation bells over here around the living room ringing those. So, all right. Anyway, no, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, being, being willing to be outside of our comfort zone, is such a huge critical skill. And this has forced us to do that. You know what I mean? In so many different ways. And all of these folks that are, that, I, that have been like talking to me and saying how, like, you know, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to move. I'm going to like so many people are moving and just like adjusting their lives and doing big things. And it's beautiful. It's powerful. So uh, many, as many of you know, I'm closing in on the last few days here in Oregon. This is a Sunday evening. Happy Easter to everybody. Uh, I've got a few more. So 
every day that goes by is the last day that I will be here in Oregon. So this is my last Sunday in Oregon. Tomorrow will be my last Monday in Oregon. And on Friday morning, I'm hitting the road and I'm traveling. I'm traveling out of this place. I've basically downgraded my possessions to basically what I can fit in the back of my truck. And I'm just going to pack it up and I'm going to head out. And uh, that's that, you know, I'm lucky I'm traveling with a friend. So shout out to Zoe. Um, Zoe, she's been on the show before. She's like an awesome uh, sidekick, super, you know, freedom fighter, all that stuff. And, uh, you know, she kind of made the mutual decision as well to, to move. And she's going to end up uh, probably not in the same region I am. But uh, she's she's also just kind of decided that Oregon's not no longer serving her either. So uh, we both kind of came up with this plan. We're basically going to travel down through Northern California. The first night we're going to stop in Tahoe and then uh, we're going to go through Vegas. So by Saturday night, hopefully we'll be in Vegas and we're going to link up with Steve from slow news day. Big shout out to Steve. Uh, super excited to meet him and so many of these folks in person. Um, Steve and pasta have a show, brand new show that they filmed down in, in Vegas. And so they invited uh, myself and Zoe to be on their show in studio, in person, in Vegas. So that should be this Sunday morning. So a week from today, uh, next Sunday morning, next Sunday morning. So look out for that. Obviously, I'll keep everybody posted about that. Um, and then let's see the next we're going to be going through Sedona and then through and then headed east. And, and at that point, um, we're kind of like up in the air. We're going to stop in Austin, Texas, check that place out. And then we're going to arrive for Float Fest. Float Fest! Woo! So if you guys don't know, you better find out quick. So August or April 29th through May 3rd in Goss, Texas. G-A-U-S-E, Goss, Texas. That's going to be the place to be, baby. All the all your favorite like podcasters. You got Sam Tripoli, Eddie Bravo are going to be doing stand-up there. Um, it's going to be off the hook. So I can't wait. I can't wait. It's going to be a blast. And all of these folks, like, you know, Tim Pichot, uh, I have met Derek Bros before. I get to hang out with Derek Bros again. John Bush, uh, you know, someone like Larkin Rose, uh, Max Egan. You know, a lot of these folks that I've looked up to and had interviews with and conversations with in the past, finally getting to meet them in person. I think Josh Sigurdsson said he's going to be there. Um, Kerry Weidler, Weidler, like, oh, man, like all these folks that I've kind of peripherally been – you know, at least followed for a while. It's going to be really cool to at least, you know, meet them in person. So I'm really excited about that. Anybody that's uh, in the area or feeling um, motivated, yo, go to freaking Goss, Texas, April 29th to May 3rd. It's going to be off the hook. So uh, yeah. And then I just did an episode with Kingsley and Aaron Edwards, the owners of float float.app and then are putting on float fest. So if you want to learn more about it, you can just check out the last episode that I did with them. Uh, speaking of which, been doing some awesome episodes lately, you guys. Like, I'm just like super excited. Like the one, if you hadn't, if you haven't checked out the, obviously check out the one with Aaron and Kingsley. Uh, let's see. Right before that, we did uh, Made by Jim Bob. I love that was such a great episode. Like Jim Bob, if you guys didn't know, like he's he's on point with his stuff, man. And uh, that was a fascinating conversation. I know you guys have all seen his artwork, so if you haven't checked out the Jim Bob episode, definitely definitely go back and do that. Um, I got a couple more. Oh, and then uh, let's see, I did an episode with. Testimona and Rhyme Wave, uh, two of my favorite hip hop artists that are truth, uh, you know, dropping truth constantly. So uh, that was a great episode. And obviously, go check out their work at Rhyme Wave Hip Hop on Instagram and at Testimona on Instagram. So, yeah, some we did some awesome episodes the last few times. I got two more scheduled this week before Friday, and I'm trying to get them out before I leave. And then there's going to be like kind of a, I don't know, a two week period where I'm going to be on the road and then I'm going to be at Float Fest. So I'm going to try and hit you guys with some like, it's going to be a different flavor, going to be maybe some more live streams like this. I know that they're set up at Float Fest to do live streams. And so uh, that's going to be fun. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll just keep you guys in the loop. So 
anyway, that's all the business. So you guys stay tuned. I'm going to give out the number here in just a little bit. We'll take your calls. All right. Like we got a few people watching on Rockfin. Like I'm only streaming on Rockfin tonight. Uh, I tried to do this a few weeks ago, multicasting on like YouTube and Rockfin. And uh, my, my I was going to do like a Jason Burmas where I, where I left the stream going for about 10 minutes on YouTube. And then as like a teaser, I was going to cut that stream and head over to Rockfin. Just in that 10 minutes, they they took issue with something that I said. Of course, I was calling all the admins at YouTube a bunch of pedophiles and, and, and rapists and fucking all that shit. And so they took the stream down. You know, I don't blame them, but I just I just can't do it. I, I feel like every time I'm on YouTube, I just feel the urge. To just, I'm like, I don't even care, dude. I haven't uploaded in YouTube in like a month. And I just don't care. And I have no use for it. And I just don't even want to play their stupid little petty games. So here we are, Rockfin, holding it down. And I feel that's good, man. I'm just going to be... Exclude. I tried to do something on like uh, I might I might try Odyssey. I might try to incorporate Odyssey. Even Rumble, I signed up for their premium to do live streaming on there, and I'm just like ah, I just don't even really care about Rumble, dude. Like it just seems like more of the same. Like anyway, but Odyssey they're on the level, so I might try to figure out how to do an Odyssey and Rockfin live stream. I, I'd feel good about that. I feel good about and float. I should figure out, I should figure out how to integrate those three. Those three that that seems fair and reasonable. So we'll get there. We'll get there. But uh, yeah, so you guys stick around. I'll give out the phone the phone number here just a little bit, so you guys can call in. We're gonna talk about some stuff, and then uh, you know, as soon as uh, as soon as we get the ball rolling, as we're continuing to talk about some of these topics that I pulled for tonight, we will uh, we will open up the phone lines, and y'all can give me a call. And I hope you do, man. Like this is how we make this show great: is teamwork, and we all uh, are are in this together. So if the show sucks, I'm gonna blame you. Okay, that's right. All right, guys. So here we go. So let's see what we got here tonight. Oh, let's share the screen. Okay. So this is a, a, let's see, an article from Activist Post. Okay. This is uh, activistpost.com, April 16th. So yesterday, headline is new custom fit earbuds. Quote, a sort of Apple watch for the brain designed to collect neural data, 30,000 plus made so far. So they're already in full production of these earbuds that read your brain neural data as if they're it's like an apple watch so what the hell now where have we seen this before does this remind you guys of anything does this remind you of anything at all here let's see if i can pull this up on the fly i haven't quite uh let's see w o uh zero six zero six zero six right the patent the old uh microsoft patent that everyone was freaking out about back in uh uh let's see patent let me see if we can find the actual patent Okay, this might be the actual patent right here, patent scope. So basically the, the idea with this this patent, right? WO2020060606. The idea is that it, it monitors your body. Okay, held by Microsoft Technologies. Um, let's see. Brain. Let's see. Neural. Okay, so I remember activity data. So basically cryptocurrency system using your body activity data. So it's basically a mining system that... Is activated and harnesses your body. And so it may not be in this actual wording of this patent, but I do remember that it said something. Let me see if I can find it on Google. Google patents. Let's go patents. Google and uh, 2020060606. Bam. Um, so anyway, but I remember it saying like it can actually like monitor your uh you know your your brain activity where it can like tell what it is that you're looking at you know what i'm saying so somehow they've been able to figure out how to take that data that that comes from your brain just neural activity and convert it into information 
that they can then extrapolate and quantify and record as data. You know what I mean? So that is just bananas. Like that is just off the hook. So let's see what this article says here a little bit. So anyway, that just reminded me of that W2020-060606. So wireless devices and wearables, including ones specifically designed for medical purposes, often expose wearers to high level of biologically harmful electromagnetic radiation. Yeah. See, even to this day, dude, I have never owned any EMF like headphones. Like these are my like gym headphones right here at the cable. And then I got this new phone that only has a USB-C input. So then I had to like get like these special that only headphones only plug it. I won't do the wireless ones. I just, I just I've never felt good about that. I don't think that I just don't, I just don't feel good about it. So I've not crossed that bridge yet. So uh, let's see, nevertheless, and these are talking about uh, EMF headphones. Nevertheless, they are still very popular. Otherwise they wouldn't continue to be designed. Okay. All right. So this startup, um, let's see. Startup born from Alphabet's Moonshot division, Next Sense. So that's the brand to look out for. Next Sense aims to sell earbuds that can collect heaps of neural data and uncover the mysteries of gray matter. All right, Constantine Barondin is an ear nerd. <laughs> he's been looking into them literally and professionally for more than a decade, even in social situations. He'll find his attention drifting lobeward. Sometimes I get weird looks because I just can't stop staring at people's ear, earballs, and eardrums. Okay, so I met Broden when he was measured my ears for their outer canals for custom fit buds that can pick up my brain waves. Okay, so they've got 30,000 in production and uh, let's see. So there you go, guys. So be on the lookout for that. You know what I mean? Like I'm sure many people are, uh, you know, still use wireless earbuds. Just make sure that the ones you're purchasing are not actually at the same time collecting your data. I don't know. I don't know. So next sense would be the, uh, the product to look out for there. And, uh, yeah, just be, be on the lookout. All right. What do you say? All right. What do you say? We're about 15 minutes in. Let's give out the number. Let's give out the number and see what happens. Now I need you guys' help. Give me a call. One of you three watching. I know there's, I got three people watching on, on rock trend. So I need your help. I'm going to put out the, I'm going to put out the uh, number right now. You ready? Bam. Luck of the draw, you know, first come first serve. <laughs> If it's busy or if it just rings, 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 that means probably we're still on the line. Call in number right now, 3541-357-6424. That's call in number 541-357-6424. All right. Come on, guys. Let's, let's, let's kick this thing off. So as you guys work up the courage to call in, I will continue to cover some other things that I pulled up for today. Okay, um, let's see. I'm going to go to this one next. So now this is interesting. So now this is a local here in Oregon. This is a state judge put on leave after being arrested on child pornography allegations. Okay, now <laughs> this is the Oregon Live, a.k.a. the Oregonian, right? This is like the local, like far left type uh, publication that exists here in Oregon. Just notoriously, just, just garbage. You know what I mean? They've been very much in, instrumental in informing the the chaos and insanity that's been happening here in Oregon for the last couple of years, you know, very much just manufacturing the consent. And uh, now what, what stands out to you, those of you that are watching? Um, anything, anything? What do, you, what do you think stands out that's odd about this particular article? Is it, how about the fact that it's a paragraph and a half? How about that? I mean, updated April 13th. So, it was published April 11th, so we have no new information. Um, but really all it says is, I'll read the whole article. I'll read the entire article right here. You guys ready? Here's the entire article. 
Oregon's top judge for settling disputes between citizens and state agencies has been yanked from the bench while facing child pornography allegations. Chief Administrative Law Judge John Michael Wan, 56, was booked into the Washington County Jail last month on 10 counts of first-degree encouraging child sex abuse and was released hours later, paying $2,000 or 10% of his <clears throat> $20,000 bail. Okay, and that's the entire article, folks. So, hmm, I would say that now, I mean, so Oregon Live, the Oregonian, is literally protecting him, tossing him softballs. Oh, this poor guy, you know what I mean? Now, of course, granted, innocent until proven guilty, of course, but, you know, any one of these people, like, let's say you're, uh, and, uh, you know, whatever, I'm just going to use it. I'm just going to go there, like a January 6th person who has also been accused of a crime but has not had their day in court. What the hell, dude? Like, you're literally, they're, they're, look at the disparate level of treatment. Now, of course, so we all know, there's no, there's no surprise that the, the, the law and these institutions of law exist solely to protect those that are on the inside. So, you know, that's all this is. That's all this is. It's a cover story. And let's see if this actually gives us any info if we click on this. Um, no, it just takes us to, so the, the link said, uh, you know, there's a link to the Washington County Jail, which takes, takes us to the Washington County Sheriff's Department office. There's no updated information. Let's see. Let's, let's see if there's anything else that has come out since I actually pulled this article. Let's see. But I just love how, you know, Oregonian, Oregonian, baby. Just up to their old tricks. Let's see. Top oh, OPB. Let's see. OPB. Let's see what kind of cover-up job OPB is doing here. Okay, they got a little more information for us. All right, cool. April 12th. So John Michael Mann is charged with 10 counts of possessing, accessing, or viewing a visual recording of explicit conduct involving a child. Okay. Oregon's chief administrative law judge appeared in Wednesday County, Wednesday, Washington County Circuit Court on Tuesday, where he pled not guilty. Okay. Uh, let's see, blah, blah, blah. According to the indictment, man was unlawfully and knowingly possessed, accessed, or viewed a visual recording of sexually explicit conduct involving a child. Okay. All right. So that's all, I guess. Let's see. He's been on the, he's been an administrative law judge since 2003. And, uh, let's see. Well, let's see. Let's see. Did I see something about Kate Brown in here. Hold on. A spokesman for Governor Kate Brown said man is on unpaid administrative leave. Okay, all right, so that's that. So anyway, yeah, man, so, so it's 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 going around, man, it's going around. So anyway, check this out, all right? So this is something that, so I was giving some shout-outs earlier to Grand Theft World, the Grand Theft World Show, Richard Grove, and all the crew over there, Tony Myers, LD, big shout-out. So they were talking about in their last week's episode, and they alluded to the fact that they might be doing some more coverage in tonight's episode, so I'm curious to see about that. Brought to my attention a gentleman named Alfred Kinsey. Now, I'd, I'd heard of this name, and I'd actually... We, so the first time I ever heard of this gentleman was on uh, when I interviewed... Uh, oh, speaking of which, I got the little jacket. That's a coincidence. I didn't even really plan that. But uh, talking to Craig Sawyer, founder of uh, Veterans for Child Rescue. I have their shirt on right now. That's kind of funny. Subconscious, when I was picking out my shirt, my subconscious was like, oh, that's, that's, that's the shirt to wear. So funny, funny how that works. But I first heard about Alfred Kinsey from uh from craig sawyer and uh and, and I, I kind of filed it in the back of my mind I'm like okay like i need to remember i need to remember to look into this guy so alfred kinsey he was uh born in 1894 so he was around you know up until 56 looks like he died at age 62 in 1956 so let's just start with wikipedia so wikipedia is going to give us just kind of the nuts and bolts right so 
Alfred Charles Kinsey was an American biologist, professor of entomology and zoology. Now, most of the places I've looked up refer to him as a zoologist, right? Uh, he, in 1947, he founded the Institute for Sex Research at Indiana University, also now known as the Kinsey Institute for Research in Sex, Gender, and Reproduction, best known for writing sexual behavior in the human male and sexual behavior in the human female. That was uh, 1948 and 1953, respectively. Okay, so apparently has a, uh, let's see, he, he his research on human sexuality foundational to the field of sexology provoked controversy in the 1940s and 50s. Yeah, I'd say so. His work has influenced social and cultural values in the United States as well as internationally. All right, so the controversial aspects. Now, okay, so it's kind of funny here. I don't know how much they get into this on Wikipedia. I remember looking at this earlier, and I don't even know if they... Okay, here it is. All right, so Kinsey collected sexual work from around the world. Okay, so basically, from my understanding, a lot of his work kind of informed what later became... Uh, you know, how in educational institutions kind of framed how they teach kids about sex, you know, like, like, like reproduction, like in your health class. Like I remember taking like, health, like it was like sixth grade, maybe seventh grade. I don't remember really exactly. I feel like maybe it was middle school, fifth grade, maybe. Uh, but it was like in a health class, like setting, like it seemed like it, to me, it didn't strike me as anything crazy or anything like that. Like we're, what we're hearing about in the news these days, but apparently a lot of Kinsey's work informed those curriculum, you know, that, that, that type of curriculum that we see, or maybe we saw as kids that maybe still bleeds over to today came from this gentleman named, named Alfred Kinsey. Okay. Uh, so, all right. So the real, the real controversy comes from this table 30 through 34. That's, that's kind of what came up for me when I first, and we're, we're going to look at that a little further in, in a second. So, I guess they do kind of cover it here. So Kinsey collected sexual material from around the world, which brought him to the attention of the U.S. Customs Service when they seized some pornographic films in 1956. He died before his matter was resolved legally. Interesting. And uh, I actually plan on doing a little bit of a deep dive on this here, maybe making like a little short documentary, like mini documentary film, like the Fauci one here, because it's some crazy ass shit. Uh, once again, if you guys are listening, if you guys are watching on Rockfin, call in, baby. We're doing a call in show. You know, if <laughs> uh, I'm just kind of killing time until we get some callers. 541-357-6424. Come on, come on. Let's do this thing. Let me know what you guys think about this Alfred Kinsey folk. Let me, let me know what you think about the Oregonian and their coverage of top judges being uh, arrested for having massive amounts of child pornography or the crazy-ass earbuds that are reading your thoughts. Call in. Let me know. Uh, let me know if you're thinking about moving. If you're thinking about moving, um, you know, if you got any insights or tips for somebody who's about to move like myself, give me a call, man. Three. 541-357-6424. All right. Anyway, so Kinsey collected, so he collected some pornographic material, got in a little bit of trouble, died before those uh, issues were resolved legally. Kinsey wrote about pre-adolescent orgasms using data in tables 30 to 34 of the male volume. So this is in his book, the, what was it? The um, uh, something, something of oh, sexual behavior of the human male. Okay. Um, yeah, you, you heard that right. It's like, wait a minute, what? Hold on. Kinsey wrote about the pre-adolescent orgasms using data in 30 to 34 of the male volume, which reports observations of orgasms in over 300 children aged from two months to 15 years. What the fuck is that? Okay. This information was said to have come from adults' childhood memories or from parent or teacher observations. Kinsey said he also interviewed nine men who had 
sexual experiences with children and whom told him about the children's responses and reactions. So apparently he's allegedly taking his data and information from people who reportedly reported having experiences with, with, with kids. So anyway, dude, I don't even want to talk about this shit. You know what I'm saying? But like, when you go and you look at like his role in informing how, you know, this type of topics are even taught and even in a socially acceptable way, in school, it's shocking. It's insane. And so I was kind of looking, okay, this table 30, table 34 stuff, right? Um, so I don't know. So this was in the 1940s. This was like 1948. Um, anyway, so it says the Kinsey Institute said that the data on children in tables 31 to 34 came from one man's journal, which started in 1917 and the events concerned predated the Kinsey report. So there, so this Kinsey, Kinsey Institute, is this even still around? Jesus. The Institute. Let's see if this place is even still around here. Uh, of course, I mean, now we got the Kinsey Institute. Oh, yeah, they're oh, yeah, baby. Look at them. They're in full blown. They're 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 full blown, baby. The Kinsey Institute for Research in Sex, Gender and Reproductive was OK. Never mind. Was a nonprofit research. And then it dissolved in 2016. I saw I got I got all like, look at this, like the logo and everything like they were like, bam. OK, although here we go. Let's see what this says. The Kinsey Institute. Is there another Kinsey Institute? No, nope. Indiana University. Exploring sexuality, relationships, and well-being. Okay. So, no, they're still around, 100%. Uh, look at this. So, Executive Director Justin Garcia. Interesting. So, this is a neat, neat little rabbit hole. I'm going to have to – I'm definitely going to look some more into this and, and kind of bring some more – we're kind of just learning as we go here, you guys. Like, I heard about this earlier today. Um, if you guys want to let me know what you think, 541-357-6424. <laughs> okay. So, let's see. Uh, let's see here. So this is the other article that I pulled up that related to this. So this is Alfred Kinsey and the children of table 34, the theory of childhood sexuality advanced by Alfred Kinsey's sex research has shaped how and when sex education is taught in the United States. It has also influenced laws against sexual molestation. Okay. So what is this infamous table 34? And I'm just, gonna, I'm even going to get into this cause this shit's fucked up, dude. But anyway, this is what they were talking about. Table 34. You'll see on the Y axis, the different ages as young as five months. And then the next column over says number of orgasms, time involved. I don't understand this at all. Like how in the fuck are you taking a four-year-old and counting the number of 26 example of orgasms in pre-adolescent males? Okay, what the fuck, dude? Like where does this data even come from? Like that is fucking insane. Five months old. What the fuck? Okay, I don't even want to do this anymore. So something you could take and run with if you want to look into this further i just figured i'd bring it to your guys's attention there's a little documentary here at the bottom of this alfred kinsey what the fuck <sighs> okay uh let's see all right yeah no more okay something this might be right out of the kinsey institute as well you know they're all about that that um you know Anyway, so we have transgender fish from Japan, okay? So I'm sure the Kinsey Institute has some hand in this right here, okay? So from Shingu, Wakayama, a headline, okay, this is the Mainichi, I don't know, uh, Japan's National Daily. So it's a National Daily report from Japan. Uh, and this is this is from last year, you know what I mean? But interestingly enough, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's interesting news that somehow came across the news desk this last week. And so I'm bringing it to your guys' attention here. So we got... Researchers in Japan use soybean compound to make catfish 100% female. 
All right, so there we go. What, what do we got going on here? A team of researchers in Japan has succeeded in making catfish all female with a compound found in soybeans, a development that promises to increase the production efficiency of this and other species whose females are more valuable than males in the food market. Oh, so interesting. The team from Kindai University's Aquaculture Research Institute and based at the Institute's Shingu Station in Shingu, Wakayama Prefecture used isoflavon, a compound found in soybeans similar in effect to female hormones to create the all-female group of catfish. Defeat is a Japan first, according to the university. So they're, they're, they're making their fish exclusively female using hormones found in soy. Interesting. Interesting. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And then, uh, yeah, I don't even know what to say about this, you guys. Just be careful. I mean, careful about your soy and your soy oil intake, I guess. All right. Now, this is weird. Now, this is just bizarre. Now, this has been I, – I haven't done a live stream in a couple of weeks, and I apologize. So this has been sitting on my desk since freaking St. Patrick's Day. But anyway, did you guys know this? Did you know that they literally dye the river in Chicago green, the Chicago River? They literally pour chemicals into the river to turn it green. Like that's like, hold on, wait a minute. What? Even to me, like that sounds preposterous. That seems preposterous beyond belief. Okay, so CNN, for the last 60 years, enterprising Chicagoans have dyed the city's river a vibrant green in honor of St. Patrick's Day. Thousands of residents turn up to watch the Chicago River light up for the holiday. Like what a bunch of like first world nincompoops like what a freaking bizarre so weird dude like this okay this is what i thought was funny the dye is vegetable based unsurprisingly the chemical laden dye initially used the color of the river was doing more harm than good <laughs> so they were just literally like so what 60 years ago back in the 60s they were just pouring just dog shit chemicals into the water right that's insane that's so funny and uh and then they started to look at each other like, you know what? You know what, Fred? I feel like this might be doing more harm than good. So we should probably switch up our formula. But it seems like, like, how is that? That just seems all bad. It seems all bad. It's going against nature in such an egregious manner, dude. Like, what the hell? I just thought that was so insane. What do you guys think? What do you guys think about it? You can call in right now and let me know. 541-357-6424. You can leave me hanging here. You can leave me hanging here. All right. That's fine. That's fine. All right. Let's see here. Yeah. All right. I got one more article for you, I believe. Oh, yeah. This is great. So you guys are going get, to get a kick out of this. So Daily Mail is reporting that scientists discover world's first cure for heart attacks using, guess, can you guess, mRNA technology. The same mRNA technology as COVID vaccines. Oh, okay. Now. It's been so funny and entertaining in the last couple of years, or at least the last year, the last year and a half almost now, watching them dance around each other, trying to pinpoint this massive increase in heart attacks on what? What? They name it on uh, climate change, post-pandemic stress disorder, um, all these athletes. What, are they, what, is their, what is their excuse? They're just like all of a sudden all collectively just having the same ailments at the same time. I just don't. I'm not buying anything that they're saying in terms of any of this stuff. It's the mRNA shot, the mRNA shot. Your mRNA shots are giving people heart attacks. I'll just say it for anybody that's, you know, still trying to play catch up here. The vaccines, Pfizer and Moderna, are giving people heart attacks, killing people, murder. They're murdering people, okay? Now, 
they're now claiming that this same mRNA technology is going to be used to cure heart attacks. Now, of course, you know, I'm an anti-science conspiracy theorist, so I don't have any capacity to understand any of this stuff. Granted, I understand all that. And I'm a dangerous domestic terrorist and a white supremacist for even researching it. Okay, that's fine. I get that. But at the same time, what the fuck? Okay, let's see. Let's see. Let's see what the article says. Genetic tracking used to create COVID vaccines are now being adapted to help regenerate hearts damaged from cardiac arrest. So, okay. So, excuse me, sir. Or, yes, hello. This is the hospital speaking. How can I help you? Yeah, my heart's all fucked up. Man, it got all damaged and shit. I went and took a COVID vaccine, and now my heart's all, like, damaged. Do you guys have anything that can, like, help me out with that? You got anything that can help regenerate my damaged heart? Why, yes, sir. In fact, you can come on down here. We have an mRNA vaccine from Moderna or Pfizer that we can give you. Well, that sounds fantastic. I'll be right there. Okay. That, oh, that was King's Call. That was a uh, caller at Scientists at King's College in London. So you guys aren't calling me. I have to do role play phone calls with myself. Okay, man, I'm gonna shame all of you Rockfin people into calling me. Okay, five four one three five seven six four two four. I could stay here all night. I'm just kidding. I gotta go in about twenty minutes. So that's okay. That's all right. I can just do mock phone calls with myself with with King's College in London. All right. The groundbreaking research could lead to the world's first cure for heart attack victims. The Times reports. Similar technology was used to create the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines, which aren't vaccines, but that's okay. That's okay. Lead researcher Marua Mauro Giaka said, we are all born with a set number of muscle cells in our heart, and they are exactly the same ones we will die with. The heart has no capacity to repair itself after a heart attack. Our goal has been to find a treatment that can convince surviving cells to proliferate. <laughs> And we need to figure out a different marketing strategy to convince these fucking idiots to come back in and inject themselves with more of our mRNA vaccines. Regenerating a damaged human heart has been a dream until a few years ago, but now it can become a reality. So wait a minute. So you're saying that the mRNA shot is going to go in and change your RNA and DNA so that your cells do things that they aren't originally designed to do? So wait a minute. I thought you were telling me that it wasn't going to do anything to our, my RNA or DNA. I thought you told me it's just going to leave all those things alone. It's just going to be a temporary thing that's going to float through and cure all my COVID and take all my problems and make them all disappear. You know, all the problems in my life, you know, all of my health problems, all of my social problems. I can't get a date. I can't, uh, you know, afford gas. I can't afford any of these things. You're telling me if I get the shot, then all those problems will go away? Oh, man. Okay, so we're using the exact same technology as the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines to inject microRNAs to the heart, reaching surviving heart cells and pushing their proliferation. The new cells would replace the dead ones, and instead of forming a scar, the patient has new muscle tissue. Okay, so just get in line. Just get in line. That's fine. That's fine. So the first round, just rip your hearts to shreds and got rid of all those uh, all those cardio cells that you kind of need that you were born with that you're not going to get any more of have just been devastated by Pfizer and Moderna. And now they're saying, no, 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 it's okay. Just, just come on back. Come on back. You'll be fine. We'll give you a little bit more. And then your heart's just going to be just fine after that. So I'm not buying it. Anybody that's buying this dude, like show me the proof, show me the evidence, show me something. I need something more. I need something more than the daily mail citing the New York times. I mean, I need more than that. 
and this other asshole. Oh no, the times.uk. Okay, whatever. I need more, baby. And you ain't gonna give it to me. And I know you ain't gonna give it to me. So all right. Fine. Fine, folks. I've just been uh I can do this. I can do this. It's okay. It's okay. So next week, okay. I'll try and do one. Well, shit, I'm going to be on the road. I'm literally going to be on the road next week, so I can't really promise you a live stream next week. I'm going to try and live stream from Float Fest, okay, so that we can at least give you guys a boots-on-the-ground report as to how awesome it is over there. Um, man, okay, I'll give you a few more minutes here. Give me that phone call. Give me that phone call, 541-357-6424. I've got, I got the equipment all hooked up here, baby. You know, you know, make it so that I set up all my equipment for nothing, huh? Really? Come on. You can be on the show be on the show give me an update give me tell me how your day has been how your week has been we'll give it a couple more minutes here oh i saw someone just jump, jumped in the rock fin give me a call wide open phone lines 541-357-6424 oh i'm so excited you guys like this is so crazy i was i was literally i was born just outside of portland i was, I was born at uh saint vincent hospital up in portland right and my parents lived in a small town called uh, beaver creek teeny tiny little just logging town like outside rural uh portland and uh yeah 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 dara what's up dara how are you awesome yeah no i'll definitely give you guys an update from float and i'm going to be giving updates as i travel make sure you're in the telegram t.me forward slash rebunked pod and then uh instagram too i'll be i'll be dropping stuff um so uh yeah 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 it's gonna be it's gonna be fun it's gonna be a lot of fun but yeah guys i spent my whole damn life in oregon man and it's like this is a beautiful state there's like no humidity. It's great weather, like six months out of the year. Just paradise, absolute paradise. But you know what? It's just at least where I'm at. And I could probably go to a different part of the state, but if something's calling me, I'm being called eastward and I'm just going to go. I mean, I can't wait to tell you guys what's happening, like with the show. Like it's going to be some exponentially amazing stuff that's going to happen. I'm going to be working with somebody out there in that area uh, and it's going to hopefully, I mean, it's going to, it seems like, like I, I'm just honored to be able to be where I'm at with this whole project. Like, I just can't wait to show you guys and tell you guys what's going on, but the move is not in vain. There's something big waiting for me on the other side and I just can't wait. It's going to be huge and it's going to benefit all of us because we're all going to be, uh, you know, we're going to be in this awesome journey of truth and hopefully it's going to, you know, open some doors. It's going to open some doors big time out in Tennessee land. So I'm looking forward to networking with all the folks that are out there. Um, big shout out to Audis, big shout out to Tess, uh, big shout out to Rod. Uh, I can't wait to meet all you guys in person. And then all the other podcasters that are out there, uh, like Chris from uh, Abs in a Six Pack. We got Deplorable Janet out there. And uh, gosh, I know I'm missing some, but all these folks that are just like, yeah, I can't wait to meet you. I'm pretty excited. It's going to be so much fun. And uh, yeah, I'm going to see some of you guys along the way too. So man, yeah, I think that's it. No phone calls. Fine. I'll give you I'll give you two more minutes. Dara, Dara, you be on the show. Give me a call. 541-357-6424. <laughs> no pressure. But yeah. Yeah, I'm super excited, you guys. This is gonna be a really, really awesome uh journey. So yeah, it's gonna be a little different. I know I've been like cranking out episodes, like I've been hitting them like three or four a week. And uh, you know, so we 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 we've been hanging tough. Probably going to be a little bit of a dip in the next couple of weeks, and uh, yeah, 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 and then um, and then I'll get you on the other side. So, yeah, once I'm out and situated, it sounds like I got approved for an apartment or like a house. I'm going to be renting a house with a roommate out there, and uh, think that that I'm hearing words that that got situated. They're out there doing all the legwork, like touring 
finding uh, places to stay. So I got a lot of appreciation for that. So hopefully I'll have a place to land when I, when I get there, but uh, man, anyway, in any case, in any case, like, it's just going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. It's like, I don't know how much to say. I don't know how much to say, but it's like, it's big. It's big. I'm going to be like basically collaborating with another media person out there. That's basically just like <sighs> helping me out quite a bit. That's like just next level stuff, next level stratospheric into the next dimension. And you guys are all on this ride with me. So, okay, fine. No callers, but we'll get you guys soon. We'll, we'll, we'll get some calls here eventually. And I just got to say, I love you guys so much. This has been so much fun. Just our little tight knit community that we got here. Um, Dara, you're awesome. Thanks for being in the chat with me at least. And you guys, you don't even like, you don't feel pressure to call. You can just like chat in the chat room. Like it, it make that, that adds to the value of the stream. You know what I mean? The live stream is better uh, through your guys' interaction, you know, I don't mind sitting here doing all the talking, but you guys could be a part of the show. That's where the value and, and the, the, the actual, you know, the magic happens, right? And it's like a symbiotic thing. We're going back and forth. We're chit chatting, you know, that's, 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 you know, that's, I love that. I love that. And I really want to encourage that. All right, gang. So yeah, I'm going to head out and I will see you when I see you, hopefully soon. I got two more episodes. I got an episode. I'll just tell you guys. I got an episode tomorrow with Zach Voorhees, the Google whistleblower who just uh, created a new platform called Blast.video. Blast.video. He built it himself. Um, you know, he's a pretty skilled programmer and he's built this whole uh, website that basically aggregates videos from all these various different platforms and creates like a censorship free infrastructure. So check it out. Blast.video. Super slick, super smooth. So we're going to have him on. Uh, talk about that. Maybe talk about just, you know, censorship in general. I know he likes talking about like AI and that sort of thing. So we're going to get into it. And then uh, my last show in Oregon is going to be with uh, the great Adam from Dever Gets Redfield. Um, that will be later this week. Hopefully I'll get those out by the time I leave. But yeah. Oh man. And I got all kinds of other like interviews in the works that I'm super excited about you guys. Like we're just off the hook, baby. We're, but we're back live on band video. We're back up on Infowars, So I'm just grateful about that. You know, Rob and the Rob do and the crew uh, basically just said, yeah, just go ahead and, um, you know, switch the channel over to the new show rebunked here. So we're just, uh, man, it's like, it's pretty awesome, man. We're, we're, we're kicking ass and taking names and you guys ain't seen nothing yet. I guarantee it grateful that you're on this ride with me and I will see you very soon. Okay. Much love, much respect. I will talk to y'all later. All right. Good night. 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 Good night.